We are now rolling. Yes. Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. Me, 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 me. Okay, anytime. Hello, and welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. I'm Scott Westby. And I'm Matt Waterworth. We are Full Swing Productions, and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews in the film, video, and digital media industries of Alberta. How are you doing this week, Matt Waterworth? Uh, I'm a little low energy, you know? I'm a little, uh, I'm a little tired. Why are you so tired? Well, I, I've been busy. <laughs> busy? <laughs> so busy, Scott. What... Let's talk about let's talk about being busy okay. for a second because okay. I remember when I was going to Sate, it was homework and it was shoots all the time and yeah. I was busy. Mm-hmm. And then when I got out of Sate, I got a job, and I was trying to have my day job and do the film thing on the side. Yeah, and that was busy. Yeah. Uh, and then when I when I was working in marketing, that was busy in and of itself. And then we were trying to start this company. And that was busy. And it was like, <laughs> when, it, when eventually we go full time with this, we will be less busy. Mm-hmm. And, and since we started this, we, we joke that we we can pick any 16 hours right. of any day that we want. That's right. when we have to work. So mm-hmm. we have the flexibility, but still we are busy. Um, and right now, is, I think the busiest that we've ever been is mm-hmm. this month. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been reading a lot about in the last few months about the glorification of busy. Right and how people have historically it's like it's like a thing that you say that's sort of like self-congratulatory when someone's like how are you oh man i'm so busy and it's a way of getting out of things that you maybe should be doing yeah i think that's a good point um so i don't want to be busy anymore yeah um and i've been trying to not be busy but how do you get work done and not be busy yeah i mean we've been talking a little bit about you know that great conversation we had with uh, olaf and, and how he's talking about still getting what he wants to get done while still being a good father. Right. And, and I, I mean the, the intentionality behind the use of your time, I think is super important. And, and he, he laid it out. Um, the question is how can you just squeeze every ounce of usefulness right. out of every second right. so that then you can be like, okay, I'm done. And now I'm going to have work life balance or, or be, right. be with my family or whatever it is. Um, I, I mean, there's I, the old adage too that, that, the amount of time, like the amount of work you have will expand to fit the amount of time that you have to do oh, it. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Right, so I think maybe short timelines mm-hmm. helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's about maintaining work-life balance too. And I think yeah. that's, I think it's more of a mentality than an actual workload right. question. Yeah. Um, so maybe we need to stop saying and thinking that we're busy mm-hmm. and just what grind through or find efficiencies or what? Well, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I think, I think it might be interesting to like, like I was saying to you before we started rolling, Tim Ferriss is a big, uh, influence on, on my life. He's, he's an author and he has a podcast and, um, I, I've been pretty busy, uh, to listen to the podcast, but I, I would like to devote some, some energy to being like, let's, let's find yeah better ways to, to manage time and and i think he's got some tools um so i don't know what the answer is yet but that's a journey that maybe Mm -hmm. i'm going to be on going on and it sounds like you are as well and maybe we can share this with each other on these uh on these podcasts how to be busy without being busy yeah how to get stuff done getting things done is a book that i have started reading is Ah. is one of those must reads yeah it's a Um, famous one yeah and one of the first things they advise is rip this book in half and put the uh, the second half away until you've mastered the first half. And uh-huh. it's about using Evernote and it's about using all these tools to help hmm. you kind of uh, maximize your efficiency. Um, and then once you've kind of mastered those skills, then you bring in the second half of the book. And uh, Which is what? I don't know. I'll, oh, I'll let right. you know as I read Secret. it though. <laughs> um, okay, so let's stop being busy. 
let's stop telling people that we're busy all right um and just be more efficient that's good yeah we can check in yeah. and uh see see what tools we've going. learned and i like that i also want to while we're here making resolutions i want to mm-hmm. get on the record saying that i'm trying to stop biting my nails ah. i don't know if everyone knows this about me but mm-hmm. i do bite my nails um and briar's been trying to stop me for years <laughs> so she'll catch me in the corner of her eye and she'll just now it's just like an absent-minded she'll just swat bat my hand away <laughs> right, right, right. um so she asked me last night do you actually want to stop yeah or have you just asked me and now you're like sneaking it when when i'm not looking <laughs> right, right and that was kind of true yeah but i did i do want to stop right. um because it's a bad habit and I don't want to have any of those. Sure. Um, so I'm putting it on the record. So now I'm accountable to the entire Alberta filmmakers community mm. that uh, I'm going to stop. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, but how? I, I don't know. All right. Well, I don't so, know. So the first awareness find those tools. Yeah. But I mean, I've tried like they have like this weird, like disgusting nail polish that you put on. Oh, that, really? Like, tastes gross. And <laughs> I don't even care about that. I'm, like I'm just like just chewing through it. So. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's uh, kind of gross. Um, huh. But it's something that I'm going to stop. So, so when I share this podcast, it's just going to be, you know, Luke Azevedo is on the on the show, and, and Scott wears nail polish. That's right. <laughs> that's basically the soundbite you can get out of this. Um, anyway, let's get into uh, what's going on. So um, there was, I mean, this is all about the the studio. This this episode, yeah. So there's a Q&A with uh, Aaron O'Connor, who's the new general manager of the Calgary Film Center. Uh, the Calgary Herald wrote it up um, and it's a, a cool read and you can kind of see where her head is at as far as what this film studio is, um, where, what her background is, uh, her journey through contemporary Calgary and other arts organizations. Um, definitely worth a read. So um, check out the show notes to give that a, a, a read and uh, learn more about Aaron. And it is, uh, it's it's out. The cat is out of the bag. And it has been for a while uh, about uh, Red Deer's own Quigley, who plays uh, Ghost on the popular HBO series Game of Thrones. Um, and the Sun has uh, let it be known that uh, the film center was in use by Game of Thrones here in Alberta uh, for uh, a couple days in January, it looks like. Yeah, it looks um, like 10 days. 10 days. So, so that's cool. Um and and I think you know we we knew last season we saw the Alberta logo uh, in the in the credits right. uh, of an episode, um, but it looked like that was like they shot that in a day yeah. or half a day, even the, you know they took like two shots. Yeah, yeah, they just built the uh, the what's the wall like the bar in the yeah. wall, yeah, and then brought maybe two or three actors out and and just used uh, quickly as as ghost and and then. This time, it seems like it's a much bigger deal, which is a spoiler and well, bothers maybe, me. <laughs> maybe it's a spoiler. Well, 10 days of Quigley. Well, 10 means... days of the wolves. Right. Right. So it could be green screen stuff with the other dire wolves. I don't know. You're right. And and I mean, they could have been just like, let's just plop down and, and be a unit here for a little while. Yeah. Um, so we don't really know, but I hate spoilers. And I hate, I hate spoilers, spoilers specifically for that show. Yeah. But this is a very interesting cross between our world and, and HBO's. And great news for the film center that before they've even opened they've got Absolutely. shows like game of thrones filming That's, there it's exciting it's wonderful for sure um in other news um the you can't keep a, a good woman down film festival in edmonton uh, the three-day festival wrapped up last week uh, and michelle brewer who's the creator and producer says that it was incredibly well received with between 150 and 350 people attending each night so congrats on a, on a successful festival and uh, we hope uh, everyone enjoyed the show Mm-hmm. So we've we've kind of already spoiled who's on the show today, Matt. But tell I, me something I, I about have, it. But it's very exciting. Luke has been, uh, you know, uh, he goes into his his background and his history, so I, I won't go too deep into that. But he has been a really really integral champion of our our industry in Calgary and in Alberta uh, for as long as I can, as long as I as was lo- in this uh, yeah, industry, that's, yeah, that's which right. is you know about ten years or so, um, and so 
he just was like, like this, this conversation we had with him is like everything you need to know about the studio, how it's going to be laid out. How, I mean, it's already laid out, but, but how it's going to be used. And, uh, and the big question that Luke answers that I think we all want to know, uh, is how is the local indie film community going to be, uh, able to utilize or, 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 uh, get involved with, with the film center. So, uh, I'm pumped to share this conversation with the audience. It's been a long time coming and it's very timely because uh, the studio just got Aaron O'Connor as, right. as the, uh, what's the title? The general Ex- manager? Executive director? Or? No, general manager. General think, manager. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they're opening their offices right. um, next week on April 5th. Wow. So, uh, so it is uh, perfect timing to have uh, Luke's chat on the show. And uh, thank you, Luke, for, for being here. You're giving me the, the wrap it yeah, up. Like, like just, uh, <laughs> You're just rambling. Let's man. just get into it, Matt. <laughs> okay, here's Luke. Here he is. So Luke, thank you very much for, for joining us on the podcast. Um, I think uh, what you've been working on for the last how many years is uh, very exciting to the whole community right now. Um, why don't you tell us about the Film Center? Is that the right title? Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, it's the Calgary Film Center. I think, um, you know, depending on who you talk to and uh, the conversations you're having, something of this nature has been uh, in the works for somewhere between 130 to 30 years. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, different iterations of this. And even with what we're, um, we've been able to uh, accomplish here, we'll be accomplishing shortly, um, is significantly different than what the vision was when we started. Right. Um, Obviously, a lot of this has to do with the financial wherewithal. I mean, it's not a lot of money when you, when people look at it from the outside looking in at $28.2 million, it seems like a lot, but you buy land, you get services, you do your construction. You're already there. Yeah. You're <laughs> yeah. well beyond yeah. it. And yeah. um, as we look across the world, everybody's like, oh, this is going to be, well, you know what? We need to, you know, it's going to be great. We just need to temper what right. what the expectations right. are. We're not, right. uh, you know, we're not our, our friends to the West, nor are we our friends to the Far East. But right. this is a start, and right. it's going to be significantly better than anything that we've had to no this doubt. point. Without a doubt. And yeah. it's purpose-built. Right. So what, what do you mean exactly when you say purpose-built? Well, there, As opposed um, to a warehouse? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what we've been, uh, we've become sort of the uh, the kings and queens of the retrofit here for many, yes. many years. Right. And uh, finding locations, which during the, the good economic times is very difficult. It's mm. not something that's simple. It would take this office and a lot of resources within our office, uh, utilizing our real estate folks, utilizing other people to, uh, to find the locations. And then um, the location managers at that point, the location scouts, will go out to these locations and we try to assist and they're doing their work at the same time so there's a lot of resources across the industry trying to find these spaces Mm -hmm. then you walk in and uh, you're asking the producers or the creators of these projects to invest money in facilities that they're going to be walking away with uh, from uh, anywhere between six and nine months down the road yes so all of these things coming into play it becomes a very big deal that there is consistent facilities um, that are available the other thing is it's, you know, the majority of these usages, call them nine or 10 months or even something that's 12 months, is short term. And getting uh, a lot of folks to want to do short term leases right. is, is not easy. Right. We do have folks out there that are very interested and in that we've uh, in- enabled, um, you know, to be a partner in what we're doing here in the film sector uh, over the last few years. And it's extremely been extremely successful for everybody because there's been a significant amount of work around all 12 months. Um, this year, it's a little less to start with, but uh, it's it's gearing up and things yeah, are going. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I often compare it to the, the Ring Road or the Southeast Ring Road, at least, the, the film center. It's that, that unicorn that we've been talking about right. forever. and. Uh, 
to see it finally happening is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and how how did this happen? I guess. And, well, it's, it's a lot of work by a lot of people. Right. Um, you know, it, there is uh, when we when I first before I actually started in this job, uh, I was at the Bounce Center and I'd been asked to be on a studio committee um, because I had some background in it. We uh, the facilities up there that uh, which was part of my um, my my work at the Bounce Center was to uh, you know to allocate the resources for these facilities and uh, we had very strong understanding with the uh, with the teams that were up there. So um, I came to the table here at the table that we're sitting at today with a lot of um, industry members and the discussions. Were were happening about how we get um, connected to partnerships that would allow the financial wherewithal to come to the table. And then from there, how do we convince what was at the time probably the most conservative government right. in uh, <laughs> yeah. North America yeah. Yeah. Um, to uh, to engage? Mm. And so we went through a variety of, of different um, iterations. And uh, there was one group that had stepped up to the, the plate from the beginning, which is William F. White. Mm. Every other group that had um, the discussions had uh, that started with um, sort of moved away over a period of time uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, is there enough work to substantiate it? Was right. there, you know, was the cost, you know, these people were seeing costs of somewhere between 50 to, you know, $100 million for some of these facilities that are being built these days and well beyond that. So at the time, there was very, there wasn't that kind of money. We were talking about $10 million. Right. Um, could the return on investment be there? There is, a, you know, there's it's being able to create sustainability and long-term functionality of these facilities is important and then was there you know was there the capacity to um, to get into partnerships with the city and the province and the federal government right. mm-hmm. so what we found out pretty quickly is that from the federal government's perspective um, they had invested in film uh, facilities in different parts of Western Canada and uh, didn't have an appetite at that point to right. uh, to invest again because mm. what they felt was that they were creating um, a competitive edge for a have province. It's kind of how it was put to us, uh. which from our perspective wasn't <laughs> wasn't exactly what right, we were right. hoping to hear. Huh. Um, what that, a, what a great way to pigeonhole a province to <laughs> to stick with one industry yeah, only. And that not is diversify. very turbulent. Yeah. yeah. So it, you know it, it created a, it created an environment for us where we felt that um, you know that, that what they did do, however, just so we can offset that right. because that was a, that was an, a, another I, I won't call it an obstacle but an impediment that we had to get around. So right. how do we then engage them in other areas that potentially they would be interested in? And we were able to do that with the uh, Creative Industries Project Lab, which is a uh, a program initiative within um, at the time within uh, the initiative that was on the table for them uh, that would have them invest in us developing talent in the province and uh, potentially uh, access the same amount of financial wherewithal in there so you know um, Kudos to the, the federal government at the time, which, mm. uh, um, you know, has members that are no longer there or had members right. <laughs> that we talked with that are no longer there that uh, indicated that there was strong support from that perspective. of it. So they, they were interested in creating that environment, but they certainly were not interested in bricks and mortar, which was really what we needed. Right. Um, we have a, a lot of very talented folks here and, and a lot of great mentors and, and teachers and, and senior members of the industry that uh, that are able to create programming initiatives right. if there is the financial wherewithal to do it. And, so, we, and willing members too, which is so important. Yeah, It's one of the things I, th- I think that a lot of people in this province don't realize is how willing people are. Right. Um, you can go a lot of places where a lot of information is clep- kept right. close to the chest. Um, whereas here, if you have initiatives that make sense for an 
industry. You've got a lot of industry members that are willing to step mm-hmm. up and, mm-hmm. and do what they need to do. Right. And we see it in, in a lot of activities that happen here, right? So, um, you know, from that perspective, we at the time started having conversations with the province uh, when it was still a, an area that really didn't have a, um, a cultural minister. There'd been a, a big gap there. I think uh, when... Oh. I think when um, uh, Lindsay Blackett uh, became the Minister of Culture. It had been, uh, I think, 21 or 23 years Whoa. prior to having a cultural minister. Oh my really? God, I had no idea. Wow. We had a, a culture, um, uh, you know, ministry, uh, but uh, or a, a, an area that was. But I think he was the first culture minister in many, many years at that right. point. Wow. So, huh. um, and he made a big impact. I mean, he did. Say what you will. It's, yep. uh, he uh, he created an environment where we saw our cap being raised, where we saw a variety of things starting to happen. So, uh, still very difficult though. To uh, to get the point, although he was a, a, a strong advocate um, in many different um, situations within film and TV, uh, the uh, the facilities themselves, he was somebody that really wanted to see these things done under his watch. Right. But um, there's still, you know, you, it's not one minister that makes this happen. And right. It was uh, it was buy-in from government and mm-hmm. buy-in in a in a manner that was conducive to their um, end results being met, which was there's a c- certain level of of impact that needed to be there and and success metrics that they needed to ensure right. were going to be there so right. that um, you know they weren't building a white elephant and uh, understood um, cultural facilities I found out about halfway through this process um, you know can average somewhere between eight to ten years in uh, in initiatives to try to get to the point where they're wow. funded to do things right. so wow. we sort of became an average rather than, right. uh, right. than, than an outlier <laughs> there yeah. so um, yeah so you know there's a uh, there's lots of uh, lots of opportunities that we felt uh, were very clear, but I guess once you step out of our creative industries realm, it's uh, it's a little bit more difficult right. to have right. others um, see it from the right. same perspective as what we do. So from there, uh, we had started to have conversations around what the needs were financially. We had identified a location that then didn't become the location, mm-hmm. and we then was that um, at COP? That, yeah, yeah, and then um, to the city. Right. And uh, had some conversations there in regards to uh, what we were planning on doing and right. how. And uh, at the time, um, Mayor Brancagne saw it as an initiative that they were supportive of, but they needed to see the province, <clears throat> excuse me, come into the uh, the fold prior right. to them. So it was, you know, it was chicken and egg thing. We, you know, everybody was kind of doing the, yeah. uh, the, the politics of dancing at that point. Right. And, uh, but the provincial funding did come in. At, at a certain point, right? First, it did. It was, yeah. No, it was actually, it wasn't first. Oh, it wasn't? Um, this, oh. It, we went through a whole sure. whack of iterations. So we had, um, we had in... Um, an initiative that was put forth in front of uh, in front of uh, the minister at the time to put together what they needed to ensure that this was going to go the right direction. They wanted a uh, an evaluation of the industry done. They wanted a, um, a scenario put together where we uh, spoke to industry so we could determine what the needs were. Um, then it would needed to be an assessment done, and then a business plan, and um, and you know. A development plan that was put together. So they were able to allocate um, some money towards that, and right. uh, we were able to, over a period of probably a, a period of about six months to a year, get all of this together and, and put together a plan that showed that it was viable. Mm. There had been several plans done before that also showed it was viable. Right. But you know, every iteration of of government, and we've gone through a few. Needs to be brought up to uh, to speed, and yeah. uh, so we went through the processes as we were being asked to and uh, we came out with something that they felt was uh you know was going to hit the the metrics that they needed to hit right 
So then at that point, we started talking to the city and um, there had been a transition at the city ah, by yes. then as well. Yes. And we went to the city and did an application um, through CADA, which is all the cultural initiatives at that point to um, access MSI money. Mm. Um, went through and, and did a presentation and they felt that uh, the presentation that we did hit the marks and that uh, there was opportunities for success here and, and growth and sustainability. Mm. So they, uh, they suggested um, and put forward a recommendation to the city that uh, we would be allocated the uh, the ten million dollars that we requested. Wow! At the time, you had the National Music Center going. Ah, uh, right. You know the um, the art spaces going. You had a variety of different um, different requests that were coming down the pipe. It was from all different sectors. Mm-hmm. So right. it wasn't just it was a small component, um, small in 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 the overall scheme of things, but fairly large that went to uh, to um, the creative industry side. So right. we were able to access that funding. And it was approved uh, unanimous, uh, unanimously yes. through committee and then oh, through wow. council. Amazing. Right. Then we went back to the province right. <laughs> again. Um, and at the time, uh, we were asking, uh, because of the, the project that we were looking at doing, uh, which included a significant amount of office space and production space and uh, and a variety of other aspects to it that created um, more of a hub right, atmosphere. The, yeah. Right. Uh, we went back and uh, there was an identification after a period of time that uh, they did not feel that the money that we were requesting for them was at the level that they were comfortable with. I remember that, yeah. And so uh, there was a request uh, from government at that point to uh, to have this be brought back out um, to public and private sector. And they would uh, they requested submissions um, right. from right, uh, a variety a variety of different groups. Anybody that was interested in in taking this on um, could do a submission, and right. they received. Uh, I'm not sure what the numbers were. We never really did find out what that was. And from those submissions, they brought them down to um, a, a group that would then do the second round, which was putting together the you know submitting the business plan and all of those things and getting very defined. And then the third round was presentation. And then after the third round presentation, that was down to, to three different groups. Um, there was a request to uh, substantiate that the financial wherewithal to do this could be um, could be met. Right. And so at the end of the day, we were the group that was uh, the successful proponent. And then at that point, because of the amount of time that had passed, we actually had to go back to the city <laughs> and represent well, on, for that that, 10 million, on that $10 million. Wow. So we did that again. And again, we received unanimous... Um, uh, uh, direction to uh, to move forward and, and do it. So okay. at that point, uh, we had already spoken with the financial institution. We knew that William F. White was on side, and that was a big uh, piece of this Huge, as well. Yeah. I think that people um, maybe don't have as strong of an understanding how big of a part these people have played in our industry yeah, over the years. No doubt. Um, we had some downturn times here, and uh, they stuck it out with us, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they've been here a long, long time. Oh, yeah. And uh, when you, uh, you know, there's uh, there's three things that you actually get asked when you go out and try to uh, to sell the, uh, if you will, or market the uh, the area. Um, the first question is, or what are your incentives? Right. Uh, how good are they, and are they globally competitive? Right. Secondly, what's your uh, what's your crew base, and how good are they? Right. And uh, those two, we answer fairly well mm-hmm. um, to a certain level on the incentives and the crew base. I mean, you know, we've said this along a lot, is that we will compare our crew and our talent to anybody in the planet. World um, class for sure. No question. And and you know the the outcomes of of all of these projects that we've done over the years is that's testament enough. I mean, totally. we, we don't have to sell Alberta from that <laughs> right, perspective. Right. Just yeah, just name some movies. And exactly. Yeah, you got exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so the and then the third is uh, what's your infrastructure. Right. 
And so knowing that uh, that Whites and that MTM is here and, uh, you know, that um, on some of the smaller projects and some of the things that, that uh, we do, that there is capacity um, to host a large-scale project or long-term projects. I mean, some of these series that we have here, I mean, we look at things like Heartland. Um, just got greenlit for year 10. Yep. Longest-running Canadian one-hour dramatic series yep. in the history of, of Canadian television. Amazing. Um, you know, we see other jurisdictions touting how much money um, has been invested in this province, I would uh, suggest to say that Heartland in Alberta has put in as much <laughs> as any one series anywhere yeah. in the country. Right. So, um, so it's uh, it's significant. Uh, we look at the stuff that's uh, that comes in that's um, that's what we call um, you know uh, foreign production. Um, there's a lot of it, and uh, the quality of the projects that are done are high end. So we know that the areas where we're very successful at. We know the areas that we exceed and can be globally competitive. And then we also know where our impediments are to uh, to growth and, mm-hmm. and, and development. So, and those conversations have been had for many times or for many years as well. Right. So. so, so many different sketches, iterations, ideas of, of what this is going to be. Set the record straight for what exactly has been built or is almost complete right now. Okay. Uh, because construction is done. No, no, it's okay. still it's still ongoing. Okay. Construction's always ongoing. Yeah, true enough. Um, <laughs> so what uh, what we've got is that we have. Um, let's start in the the front building. Sure. What we call the the workshop warehouse building. So uh, first and foremost, our anchor tenant is William F. White. Right. They have twenty thousand square feet of space that they have designed to meet their needs um, for ongoing business, and they've cool. been in there since uh, November twenty seventh. Oh, okay, cool. Um, then you have three bays. Uh, bay number one um, is 5,000 square feet, uh, 24 feet in height, uh, washrooms and space to create. Either you can put office spaces in there, you partitions, create that. Oh, yeah. You can have, um, you can do smaller components. You can do some construction in there. You can do a variety of things, um, and it's sort of your black box, um, assign it as you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the bay beside it is the same basic thing. It's uh, 5,000 square feet of space. Uh, and then the third bay is 3,500 square feet with at the front 1,500 square feet that is for the uh, Calgary Film Center offices that will right. be um, in sure. operation. Uh, a new general manager that's been hired here recently, right. Aaron O'Connor, um, starts on April the 5th and the facilities go. And then there's the sound stages. And the sound stages themselves are three stages. One that's 20,000 square feet, one that is 18,000 square feet, and one that is 12,000 square feet. Between the stages, you have what's called the spine. So there is a there is capacity to move within the stages themselves. There's dimmer rooms that have been created for each of the stages um, that are attached to them, and there is access in and around the three stages inside. There's washrooms in there. As we know, we're at minus 30 to a plus 30 uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. location here, um, most winters anyhow. It's a challenge, yeah. And uh, so, you know, for our effort and, and how the city saw the construction of the buildings, they wanted to see that we had capacity internally to be able to do some things and have that movement internally. Right. So we created that the, cool. the stages themselves 16 by 16 doors sound insulation 43 feet um, to the bottom of, of truss um, wow. ring duct uh, air air handling systems so again because of our temperatures and what we have to do and right. how we have to do it you got to be able to do what's necessary clear the environment very quickly um, 
and quietly and qu- well yeah, yeah and quietly as well mm-hmm. so there's there's a, a thing about um, creating the air handling in kind of two phases one is being able to run them um, and there's so there's two systems that uh, that were created the first ring system um, runs at um, what would be considered a very quiet level okay so large um, large units that can send air slowly but can keep the environment at a, at a decent um, level that that's necessary and right. then the second system them once it's engaged is let's clear the environment completely right. uh, so that there's there's you can activate both and it's the same in all three of the uh, of the facilities hmm. there is um, a second floor to this that handles the electrical and the mechanical and then there's a top where the mechanical units themselves are outside ah. uh, so there is this uh, this spine unit has been created to do a variety of things and uh, it created an environment for us that allowed us to do many things within a small area because we've only got 8.35 acres of space right. there's parking that's necessary yep. there's other things yes. that come into play right. so you want to be able to utilize the space as much as possible in the most effective manner possible and so um you know then you've got your electrical uh, we've got a lot of electrical in this facility there's uh, people that have indicated to us that the amount that we put in there they're all basically shaking their head asking how we could use that amount and I'm, <laughs> right i'm thinking get on a bill yeah, set yeah yeah, yeah. you need yeah. to be on a set and yeah, see what yeah, happens yeah, and yeah. Uh, utilizing electrical is you know, much more uh, cost effective than, than utilizing generators and such. So when you're doing productions, whether it's local or foreign, the questions are going to be, how much electrical do I have? So yeah. you've got 2,400 amps in each of the two big studios and 1,800 amps in the, in the smaller studios just for the cam locks so that you can you can generate your lights and all of the activity that's necessary awesome. and then there's house power around it as well so um, significant amount of, of ability to uh, to utilize electricity right. yeah so from there um, you know our uh, our intent now is to uh, to take it out to the world obviously there's been some interest and we're trying to um, create an environment where we have the ability to create sustainability long term mm-hmm. um, which means there needs to be cash flow and there needs to be activity happening oh, in yes. there and the second part of it is to try to facilitate and ensure that we're aligned with what the needs are of the local marketplace. So right. having mm-hmm. the capacity to have access to these facilities um, that, you know, aren't for the big projects. Right. So it's a balance. And how do we create that balance? Well, right now we're trying to figure that out. We also have uh, what's going to happen here over the next uh, minimally two years, and then if it's successful, hopefully we'll continue forward, is um, some programming initiatives. We're going to be working with our post-secondaries, our unions, our guilds, Mm. to try to develop programs that are going to bring that next level of skill set to people that are coming into the industry, uh, maybe potentially people that are coming from other sectors that have skill sets that can be utilized. As we all know, electricians, uh, you know, uh, mechanical folks, folks that are construction workers, uh, you know, that paint hair, makeup, all of these things that come together um, through our unions and guilds and, and others to, uh, to make the industry um, to make the industry actually be as active and, uh, and as widespread as it is. Right, right. So and that's that's starting to get into more of the hub mentality maybe yeah we don't really use those words anymore. No yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but, but what uh, is the, for clarity, how many buildings are we talking about now? You got three stages. Okay. Okay, and then you've are got they? the one main building that's broken up into uh, five segments. So there's, okay. there's whites. There's the three bays. Okay. Plus there's the office space. In the so front. they're all kind of connected in the, the one... main building is all connected, okay, and then cool. the the three uh, stages are separate, but they're interconnected through the spine. Gotcha. Um, so you can go through it all without walking outdoors, yes. basically, right? Yes. Okay. And fairly recently, I recall there was a time that one of the studios was supposed to be a flex studio. Is that not the case anymore? When we say a flex studio, explain that. To well, me. like one one large 
space that could be split into and yes concurrently when, when we initially started this one of the ideas was to have um a thirty thousand and a twenty thousand right stage and then that thirty thousand to be divisible by two fifteens by a by a door right okay by a large uh insulated yeah. door <laughs> when you start doing the mathematics on these things there's certain things that you then get to the point where it's very difficult <laughs> to be able to do right and the cost of separate walls is much more effective than trying to have an insulated door that will move and is big enough to be able to move almost an entire wall right um, so that you have the capacity to work within the the two stages and move sets back and forth right. and do all that right. so when we started having conversations with industry and some of the advisory committees that were put together for this because all the way through there has been input not just from the experts that were hired to do it but also from industry um, on you know what we're planning what we're doing getting their input of what they need so that we understand within our limitations what we can do best to um, to achieve that right so uh, at the end of the day the cost effective wise it was just it was virtually impossible to be able to do it but does that mean that we ended up with more space overall Is no it would have been the same space okay, I mean, so it's, it's 50,000 square feet okay, either way okay it's just divided into three separate right. buildings gotcha. now rather than the connection of the right. of the doorway understood mm -hmm. okay cool so yeah I mean you touched on a little bit I think that the the big question from our audience is what kind of access is the local independent community going to have to it, and I and obviously that's still in, something we're figuring in conversation, out. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, you know, there's a there's a whole bunch of things that come into play here and stuff that we really weren't taking into consideration. I mean, it was in the back of our mind, but um, some things that have happened and uh, in the process of of building this thing, we had a couple of projects on the way through that. Uh, wanted to take over space they wanted office space they wanted uh there was a one of the the productions wanted to actually do green screen um, oh that's great in there so they utilized the warehouse spaces to do it i mean this is a five thousand square foot space without any impediments these are clear right, span right. facilities yeah and they were able to do it nice. so i think that we will have the capabilities as we move forward those spaces were never really designed for production right designed right. for other activities but if there is the capacity to be able to facilitate some smaller productions doing that we'd be happy to do it um, as we you know touch wood as we grow and develop in the next iterations we will be paying a lot of attention to what the activity is that happens there and what the next stages um, need to be right. um, and by stages I don't mean sound stages I mean <laughs> what is what is you know phase two look like what does phase three look right. like and and that growth potential there and uh, going forward we're in a position right now where for I think the first time that I remember, we have been identified in many different ways as an industry that is being considered one of these diversity economy industries that mm -hmm. may help us bring some more prosperity to the province. Yeah. And so we're hoping that that is how it's seen and that we have the ability that is uh, existing now and maybe enhanced abilities to uh, to take us to the next steps. It's very exciting to hear that there there's already interest even before it's done. Um, that being that being said, let's be clear though. That, you know, you build it, they will come. Thing is not really the intent. <laughs> right, no. It is ensuring that you know we're, we've got our friends to the west of us that have a million square feet of space that you couldn't you can't get any. You right. have our friends to the east that are increasing their space capacity as they are in the west as well. So, mm. you know, we're in a position where you're a million here, probably getting closer to that in in Toronto, and we're at fifty thousand square feet. Still it's small a start. Fish, yeah, it's a yeah, start, sure. and it puts us in a it, it puts us in a position where maybe it brings a little bit more legitimacy to um, to the facilities aspect right. of our industry right. here, right. and uh, even and as a proof of concept too, right? Just proving a demand, I think, is so important when 
we've been renting mm -hmm. for our all of our lives and now we finally are building a house right and just to see right right this is a space that we can kind of all rally behind and um i think that's really important even if even if it's not competitive with what vancouver has right and no and i and you know in saying that i mean there's let's take it into consideration there's a lot of facilities that exist in in other marketplaces across canada especially the the three busiest marketplaces which would be uh, you know uh, bc ontario and quebec mm -hmm. we're number four right. in that in that zone right. there's a big drop from what they're doing to what we're <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. um as far as the amount of money is being generated on a yearly basis and is there a potential to grow yeah we're on an upward swing um that's our potential and right. uh you know so I, I think that uh, as you look at some of the facilities that they're utilizing they're, they're retrofitted facilities mm -hmm. that's the way it is mm -hmm. um, and all the power to them I mean they, they've tried to create an environment where they have um, the capacity to meet the demand and for us I think it was really important when people said well you know why don't you build more of these or why do you because you need to as you I've mentioned it it's a it's a proof of concept now it's ensuring that those three can be filled and kept right. busy so that the next you know whatever you build um, you're building for a reason there's right. a demand aspect to it the the business aspect of our industry is significant i mean I, i'm not sure that everybody understands the amount of money that flows through on a project um, mm -hmm. when you're doing it small yeah. or large yeah. i mean is there you know whether it's a, a local project that people are talking about well we have four hundred thousand dollars well that's a that's a you know that's money flowing into the sure, economy for sure that's people being able to pay their mortgages that's mm -hmm. people you know having their kids in school and um and being able to make a life here and i think that is one of the big aspects of this thing that that hopefully um aaron and others are going to be able to to create that environment for is that you want to make sure that there is enough work that people can be here their entire uh their entire careers if they so choose right, right. So for, for locals who are looking to find out more about this, um, would it be Aaron that they get in touch with after April 5th? It would be. Okay. Yes. So um, there's a website being created right okay. now. A lot of things coming down to yeah. the wire. It's just right. the reality of it. Sure. Um, the amount of uh, human and, and technical resources necessary to do one of these things is ever growing. Right. And um, I think that uh, we will have a, a, a very solid base to from which to work from right. and the information uh, if you go to uh, www.calgaryfilmcenter.com uh, there's some base stuff there, a little uh, time-lapse recording of, uh, of some of the buildings right, yeah. and some other information about our industry and other things there so it uh, gives you a better understanding of some of, of what's being done. Cool. Uh, so what is the launch timeline looking like um, occupancy is uh, is right now geared to end of April um, which in turn um, opening would be uh, somewhere around the 19th of May is Sweet. what they're targeting cool. right now That's so exciting. it's coming closer and closer and uh, it uh, you know at, at that point we're hoping that before that happens that we've already got an um, interest or potentially people already right. in the building right um, doing some work so so whites is there operating now has been since November 27th right. and then uh, presumably around the 19th that the offices for the film center itself will be it'll be open prior to I think right. uh, before you know once um, Aaron comes online we will be in a position where those offices there's ready furniture in there oh, good. oh there you go you know it's been utilized right. uh, for <laughs> other things already sure so um, she'll be able to go in and start uh, start creating her environment as she sees fit and uh, being able to take it to the next level mm -hmm. and is are any of those spaces meant to be uh, permanent for any, for any other use other than whites and you know what at, at this point no there's uh, the intent is and um, was something that we were hoping to be able to do on the first round, but it's it's virtually impossible financially. Was uh, to create 
office space above um, the uh, workshop warehouses right. above the base. So um, looking at, you know, could have brought in about 15,000 square feet offices. We still can, and sure. that's the intent is on two of them to be able to do that. Right. Now what that does is it changes the ability then to be able to utilize them as, as swing right. Um, right. And, and smaller production right. stages. So what we're hoping is that, um, you know, there's a, a variety of different opportunities. There's space for growth within the, uh, within the footprint that we've got right now. Um, there's another, you know, potentially of putting another 18 and a 12, which is what the um, what the coinciding land that's right beside the, the stages are that, that could um, grow. Cool. Uh, if that is the decision that's made, is it's more stages. If it's not uh, mill space, if it's not, you know, a variety of office space, if right, it's not right. a variety of things that, that's necessary. So we'll, you know, be paying a lot of attention to what the needs are mm-hmm. and what's being requested from our industry. Um, obviously, the local industry is a, is a big component of this. Um, and uh, at that point, make some decisions down the road as yeah. things are successful and uh, and moving forward. Which is which is kind of an argument for not jumping into that creative hub kind of mind space. Is that the word? <laughs> yeah, the headspace. Just to, to start with the basics, right, and be like, oh, you know what? The, the demand is this. Let's let's build this on the side instead of already going in and building office space. When it turns out that's not what is really needed. Mm-hmm. What we found out right now is it's it's been a bit of an interesting adventure here in the last little while because of the economic times that we're going through right now. The anticipation was that we would be able to access um, much more office space within the cost frame that the film industry needs right. to work with. But uh, it's not quite as simple as that. Offices right. don't just become vacant and, <laughs> and available. That's not how it works. So we've been working with our real estate folks here, and obviously the real estate community um, is also working to ensure that they create an environment for them where they're that's continue to be successful throughout these downturn periods and um, and uh, being able to work with other uh, sectors that potentially they haven't worked with before and see if there's a potential to align. Right. So we've uh, had conversations with our neighbors around the area and, and to ensure that we're, we're going to maximize every opportunity possible within a golf cart range of right. a facility yeah. and then as we move forward uh, obviously you would like to be uh, as self-contained as you possibly can because then you can control your environment right. in a way that's easier and we understand that a nine-month um, term on an office space is long-term for the right. <laughs> yes. so we'd like to be able to offer that and ensure that uh, we can give everybody that opportunity right and the other thing is you know never to forget what this is all about okay and this is about building the Alberta, um, Southern Alberta, Calgary uh, infrastructure. And I say those things um, in on purpose. Right. This is not just about Calgary. This is not just about Southern Alberta. This is about the province. Mm. And, you know, forever we've been working together as, as Calgary, Edmonton, and, and the Alberta Film Commission um, to ensure that when we're out marketing the, the area, it's to where it's best for the project to land and um, and to be done. It's not specific to, you know, you should go here or you should go there. It's it's specific to here's the province. What's the project? What is what do we need to do creatively to bring forward to you what your needs are? And then let's utilize all the resources across the province to try to make this happen. Right. And so there's certain things you got to take for granted is that, you know, within a 3-hour radius, uh, you have two municipalities of over a million people. Mm. You have the prairies, the badlands, and the mountains um, that they have access to. Geographically, speaking on a global scale, that's very unique. So we got to utilize those things. And we have some of the, the best scouts and location managers anywhere. And these people know this environment. So beyond just showing people what's here, 
it's showing people what's here and where they can actually film in. Right. Right. Yeah. right? Because it's it's one thing to say, hey, I want to film in Banff or I want to be, you know, Lake Minnewanka or I want to be here. That's great. But, you know, there's some complexities. There's, there's right. complexities in the provincial park that we work with and, and are able to accomplish the needs. There's, you know, there's areas that are sensitive and there's things that we need to do as an industry, which is ensuring that at the end of the day that we leave things as good or better than what we found. Mm, right. And I think that's a, a key component. Uh, people talk about green industries. Well, I, in my opinion, if you've got trucks and, and things going on, it's pretty tough to be green. But you can maximize the potential to mitigate the impact that you have on where you are. And so at the end of the day, we try to ensure that we have that capacity in place. Uh, tree goes down, tree gets planted. Right. Things happen here, they mm. get redone. Mm. Um, mm. And we have people that, that know how to do it. Right. So it's respecting your location on a provincial scale. Absolutely. And that's right. the, that's the bottom line is that right. we are too small of a jurisdiction to be doing the competitive. This isn't hockey here. Right. We're not talking football. <laughs> right. We're talking about the film, television, the creative industries location. We mm -hmm. want to ensure that we give opportunities to everybody possible. Our, our crews and our talent fluctuates between the two major centers and into the mm -hmm. into wherever they need to go. Mm -hmm. um, we utilize a lot of the smaller locations here, some of the smaller towns and, and things around us that are that have become core in us being able to create the kind of product that's being um, right. being done and going up on the screen. So, yeah, it's all about it's about Alberta and it's about us building an industry here that that has then become seen as the potential for investment for further diversification. Right. Yeah, which is so important. And uh, yeah, I, I want to go. I want to take this in a specific direction, but I don't know if you also no, you go for it. Well, um, I feel like I want to talk about Calgary Economic Development because the first time we met you, we sat down at this table maybe eight or nine months ago. And I had no idea what Calgary Economic Development could do for us as filmmakers. Matt um, did. Matt did. Yeah, <laughs> he had an idea, and it totally blew my mind. So, can you give a bit of that pitch as to like what what a what a resource you are to access and how well, how yeah, that works? You know, I, I don't see it really as a pitch. I mean, this this facility here, the amount of work that's done um, by the thirty two to thirty five, depending on the time, people that are in this office. Um, is significant. I mean, we're we're a conduit, we're a connector, we're uh, you know we're we're bringing all the pieces to the to the table to try to create that environment for success in every one of the sectors, right? So we have um, you know this is purpose diversification in our specific area here, but in all of the sectors, we try to create that environment that says, what do you need? Yeah. Okay. How do you need to, you know, what's your, tell me what success is for you. Tell me where you're at now and let's see what we can do to create a roadmap to get you there. So we're the one window access to all the permitting and things that happen here. Right. Uh, Lisa Craig and, um, and Jolaine um, work in that area and they're fantastic. We have a marketing department that helps us showcase what we do here. Mm. We do a program on shop called Behind the Scenes that, oh, yeah. that really talks about what happens in this province and in this sector, um, um, you know, on a daily basis. So people understand that this is more uh, than just, you know, something that they hear about on television, that this is their neighbors, their, their people on their block working in this. And it's it's more than just the trucks taking up their parking stalls. Right. <laughs> we want people to embrace the industry, not see it as a, an impediment to right, them right, and, right. Uh, and, and then see what the outcomes are. I mean, you know, the this the world stages that we have to be able to tout this industry is is huge. So, from our perspective, you know, you you need to talk to us about um, who to discuss where the infrastructure is, who to have conversations with 
um, in regards to what the next, you know, what the next steps are for them. How do I access the the funding? We connect them with the, with Alberta Film. We go through things with oh, them yeah. as they're laying things out. Um, who do I talk to about being able to do this production, or who's done this type of production in mm-hmm. the past? Um, who do you know? Can you connect me with our unions and our guilds and our associations? Is there post secondary institutions here that can <laughs> help me? I mean, right. there's there's so many layers of this, and so what we try to do is try to be that that connection point that really has that information and is able to bring the right people to the table to make things happen for for those projects so for us you know we don't have to turn you upside down and shake coins out of your pocket (laughs) to try to help you that's not the intent here Mm. we're measured our metrics are the growth and development of the sectors and how we we play a part to make that growth happen right and we've got a great team we're small but um Anybody that's worked in this city or in this part of the province knows that, you know, that, that Lissa and Jolene and, and uh, our marketing department is, uh, you know, uh, is such a great piece of what we've done here um, and has huge resource capabilities. And we know the ins and outs. Um, we're an arm's length organization from the city. We're a civic partner. Mm. So we understand the complexities that, that happen there. And we try to be that, that conduit that can work between everything. Mm-hmm. And then we're aligned very closely with our friends at Alberta Film. Uh, we have to be. And um, at that point, we, you know, anything that we do that has a marketing component to it or that has um, an execution component to it, we're you know, we're having those conversations right from the beginning. They know what we know, we know what they know. And it, it creates an environment that allows us to be seen as sort of one voice rather right. than getting different information from different areas. Mm-hmm. We create the, the photo packages that have to go out to when people are, are asking about it. We create the scouting environments so that we can bring them in here, get them on the ground, attach them to the right people to show them the area. Um, we do the follow-up. We go to film festivals and events and things that, that are representative of how you showcase your area, and mm. we're there, and we're bringing our material, and we're having the conversations. Yeah. Um, some of us have been in the job for a long time. You start to look at the best before date here soon. <laughs> um, you know, you start to uh, – and, and we understand the complexities of, of – how we work here. The other thing is that we try to be a no surprise jurisdiction. And by that, I mean, what we tell them at the beginning is what happens when they're here and right. what occurs at the right. end. Right. This is a, as people see this as a massive industry, um, I can tell you from experience that it's a lot of the same people year after year yeah. making the same decisions. So the reputation that you bring to the table from the perspective of what you're, not only what you're able to produce, but the quality of the experience that was here mm. while they were uh, putting it together is extremely important. Uh, the next thing that we're looking at, not only from the perspective of, of industry growth, but necessary industry growth, uh, is on the opposite side, not just on the production side. We're talking about the post-production, BFX, right. about color, about audio, about all of these post-production and and um, necessary components that allow you to keep the project here a longer period of time. Mm, yeah. Uh, there's there's organizations that are now existing that have APA and, and, yeah, right. and Ampia and all yeah. of these different groups um, and AMP2, which is the union and guilds, um, that allow us to uh, you know to really have uh, important conversations about what they feel is necessary mm. to get them to a point where they see their private sector individuals investing heavily in something that then allow us to get to that next step as right. well. Right. So there's a there's so many different things that we're doing right now. 
now. Um, and we don't, you know, we don't drive all of them, obviously. We, um, we play a part in a lot of them. I also have, uh, you know, responsibilities to some other things. I'm, uh, I work with the city and the province on committees and boards and other right. things yeah. so that we have a voice. I, I guess after this amount of time, they, they feel that there's, a, a, you know, enough of a knowledge base there that they, uh, <laughs> they'd like to see us bring, bring that to the table. Right. So we do that as well to try to support other activities that then have a flow in or a flow out from film and TV as well. So all of that stuff that you just mentioned, you're, you're not going to go over to the film center and, and, and you've been the point person up until this point, but Aaron is now kind of going to be taking that role. Is that right? Well, so you can keep doing what you've been doing? Yeah. Let's yeah. say that I'm, I've been the face of it for, yes, for yeah. necessity. Right. Um, however, there's, you know, the, the, I didn't build the thing. Right. Um, we, uh, we have worked in the areas that they've asked me to work in to create an environment that has helped it get to this point. But there's so many people involved in this. It's, right. you know, I, I hate the fact that there's times where people are like associating me to it and that's, <laughs> it's not the case. I mean, there's there is dozens and dozens and dozens of people sure. that have been supportive of this since day one right. and have played a part in it since day one. So, you know, um, when we start talking about it, I guess I've got the the uh, background and the knowledge to be able to speak to it articulately. But outside of that, um, there's a whole bunch of people working on this. Right, and right. at the end of the day. Uh, it's going to be much bigger than one any one individual. Right, and it's it's so nice that your your conversation can change when it's open. Right, it's, uh, you can address that third question about infrastructure. And so really, you just made your own job easier, basically. <laughs> I, <laughs> wish. A, <laughs> I wish. I um, wish. Like I said, we uh, there's no you know this this industry is a uh, is globally competitive. Right. Uh, every day there's something that comes up that you have to address, whether it's productions that are, are here on the ground, whether it's our local uh, community, or or whether it's something that you're trying to bring in. I mean, there's a, I, I'm not sure that people fully understand the amount of effort that it takes sometimes to get, and the amount of people it takes to get projects into the jurisdiction. Some of these bigger projects that we've seen took years right. and years of, of consistently ensuring that they understand that you're here and that you can bring it to the table. Mm. Um, introductions to everyone, having the, the entire groups um, meeting with these folks, knowing that they can get the start to finish done here, um, and having everybody sort of aligned in, in what our messaging is right. to ensure that it comes. And then delivering once it's here. Right. And this that alignment is so important. And I think something that we often forget is we, we, we consider filmmaking to be such a collaborative process, but I think we forget that industry is a collaborative process as well. And because we have that entre entrepreneurial spirit here and everyone's just saying, you know, screw it, I'll just do it myself. We sometimes forget how important it is to work together on a macro level and just just get get you know get to know Luke and get to know mm -hmm. Jeff and and everyone and all the other players in the industry and like like the APPA starting is so important and yeah. I think just yeah. remembering that we're all a team and we need to be playing like one yeah and everybody needs to you know it, it's interesting there's the, the the comment you just made here about I'll do it myself but it's it's never really yourself right, right? No. it's you it can't you're surrounded by people whether it's friends or or people that are willing to give you their effort and their time right. um so that they can see you be successful, which then in turn hopefully makes them successful, which then in turn hopefully makes the industry successful. Mm, right. mm -hmm. So I think that this is a it's a burgeoning industry here now. We've got a we got some potential, and we have to you know with the momentum that we've been building, we need to take that momentum to the next level. Right. And I also want to make this very clear. I think that you know the younger generation that's coming on here. Um, 
has got some skill sets that are going to be extremely important to this mm-hmm. industry. Huge. Absolutely. And we want to be able to create an environment where they stay here. So a lot of right. students with a creative industry moniker or attachment to their diploma yeah. or certificate coming out of our post-secondary institutions. And we want to make sure that we have the capacity that they can start working here and stay in their chosen field in their province, right? right. So that's how you grow industries is to ensure that that's there. The unions and guilds have been doing a great job in training. Ampia has been doing a great job in training. There's mentorship programs across the board there's opportunities that are abound um, Mm. for people to get involved and we hope that we're going to bring some more of those to the table and keep building it from that perspective but I think the you know at the end of the day it's um, our ability as Albertans to have that entrepreneurial spirit and to want to help the next generation coming through and I think uh, you know from my perspective there's a there's a there's a voice that needs to be heard and that is that next generation of storytellers and there's a voice that needs to be heard which is the experience that's right. there and how we align those two voices together so that they the outcome is that you know sustainable long-term growth um, I think is what's going to be extremely important to us as an industry yeah exactly well well said um, I know you're out of time. Uh, CalgaryFilmCenter.com is where people should keep an eye on as yes. it's going to keep growing. Um, Calgary Economic Development, is there anything, anything else we should point people to? to- Alberta Film. Right. Um, as well, their their website. This uh, sure. you know, and then to uh, to our union and guilds websites. Right. Um, you know, whether it's Actra, whether it's IATSE, um, the Teamsters, or DGC, uh, then you the APA website as well, the mm-hmm. APPA. Um, you know, all of these different organizations that uh, that have a connection. You can get a lot of information that helps you really bring those pieces together. If you're somebody that's interested in getting into the industry, and understand that you know, uh, film industry uh, development is not all about being directors, producers, and camera right. um, camera people. Uh, it's about, uh, you know, there's a variety of other components and there's opportunities that potentially for people that are interested in getting into the industry, um, that the training is available and, and uh, they may have skill sets that become very important to us or are very important to us. So um, it, it, the interest is there. Um, yeah. You should be inquiring and looking at <laughs> all the different areas so that you can get that information. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you, Luke. What a what a great conversation. I wish we could have talked for hours with that dude. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, amazing. And and I, like I said, it was one of the when we came up with the, the podcast, it was like we've got to get that. Yeah, Luke was like one of the one of the easy yeses. Um, sure. And he's kind of like he he's sort of the unofficial maybe somewhat official spokesperson for the film industry yeah, in, yeah, in Calgary, at absolutely. least and without and a film commissioner in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, kind of the Edmonton one right now as well. For sure. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely a, a great guy and, uh, and so genuine and genuinely wants to help. I mean, it's his job to help. Yeah. yeah. So um, he's worth saying hi to at a party or uh, having a sit down with, for sure. even though he's very, uh, a very busy man or not busy. No, <laughs> he's uh He's got uh, a lot going on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So let's get back into the news you can use. Upcoming deadlines. Uh, the Herland Video Production Mentorship Program, um, which is giving five mid-level filmmakers the opportunity to hone their creative and professional expertise with a series of filmmaking workshops. So it's happening this spring and summer. The deadline to apply is coming right up April 4th at 5 p.m. Applicants must have an understanding of the filmmaking process already and have directed at least one film. I'm assuming that means short film as well, um, but no more than three. 
Applicants are open to all women identified who are over the age of 19 and preference will be given to filmmakers of diversity such as LGBTQ, First Nations, new immigrants, or those with a disability. Participants are required to attend all workshops and you can find out how to do that uh, in the link in our show notes. But uh, yeah, definitely apply. It's, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. I just like saying LGBTQ. It does. It kind of rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Secret Cinema, call for curators. The CSIF is uh, looking for curators. Uh, we mentioned this last week, but it's a really cool opportunity. There's uh, there's more than 2,000 celluloid films uh, at the public library. And so you can you can look through the catalog and say, hey, I'd like to screen this and and uh, explain why and, and present it to uh, an audience of CSIF members and other, other folks as well. Um, and you can just... Uh, apply so in order to do that you've got to uh, go to the link in the show notes uh take a look at the, the pdf catalog of films and write up a reason why you chose you would chose you would choose that film um and a current uh cv uh or artist statement um and that's due uh by midnight on april 5th so uh that deadline's coming up and you want to contact nicola uh, at programming at csif.org uh to send your proposal in uh, Story Hive is coming up with their next round, um, giving you a chance to win one of 30 $10,000 production grants you. to get your story to screen. This round uh, has two components, a web series as well as a music video uh, that has a small town component to it. So either the band is, a sm- is from a small town or the filmmaker uh, should be from a small town. Um, but that is apply, uh, due before April 11th, which is coming right up uh, very quickly. It's going to sneak up on you. So uh, get your pitch video going, guys. Get your ideas mm-hmm. on paper and uh, apply for this. Yeah, the uh, the small town or, or, or the, the, the less urban area um, music video thing I think is really cool. For sure. Uh, they obviously heard a, a lot of feedback that why, why aren't we even eligible? We're, we're out here in Drayton Valley. Right. We make cool music too. Um, I think that's really sweet that they, they're doing one focused just on those bands. Big time. Um, and the spring member screening uh, is uh, happening. Um, uh, the CSF is looking for new member films for the annual on-location member screening and director's talk. So this is something that happens regularly at the CSIF. Um, so members' films get screened and you get to chat about uh, making them with, uh, with other directors and uh, with an audience in attendance. Um, you can have a film of any length and genre uh, and uh, you can send your links to your recently completed film. It has to be after May 2014 uh, with a synopsis to programming at csif.org. And there's a link for more info in the show notes. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's semi-annual, right? They've got one in the spring and yeah. one in the fall, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, which is, which is great. Yeah. Um, upcoming events, Actra is having a big birthday mm-hmm. this year. Actra is passing into the, oh, I guess over the hill is 40. So I don't even know what 50 is, but. Uh, Senior? Is it 50, 55? 50. Anyway, Actra's pretty, pretty great and old. Um, <laughs> pretty old. <laughs> so they're saying, please join us to celebrate over 50 years in Alberta. They've grown from a small branch at Edmonton to over 700 talented members across the province. Um, at the celebration, they will be honoring two members, Don Ast, who's also known as Nestor Pistor, and Maureen Thomas with lifetime memberships. They will also have special guests such as the National Actor President uh, Fern Downey, National Executive Director Stephen Waddell, and Alberta's Culture Minister Ricardo Miranda. Um, it's a great opportunity to hang out with some actor members um, and celebrate this great achievement with a, a wonderful organization. So that's happening this Friday, April 1st. Uh, at the Westin in Calgary from 6.30 to 9.30. It's by invite only. 
Mm-hmm. Are you going, Matt? I, I got myself an invite. Oh, you got one? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get one. Yeah. How'd you get you one? You have to know a member. You have to be in, oh. in tight with a member. Yeah. Oh, I see. So I'll be there uh, I, and I will report back on, on how it went. That's and, re- I'm so happy for you. And actually, I didn't even know until you just said said that, but uh, that Minister Ricardo Miranda is going to be there. I, I'm going to introduce myself to him. Please I'm excited to, yeah. uh, to meet him. And invite That's him on cool. the podcast. Yes, yes, for sure. For sure. Um, I'm not jealous. I'm busy anyway. Um, <laughs> all Actra Alberta members are invited and free transportation to and from Edmonton will be provided. Oh, that's nice. So get your ass on that bus. Mm-hmm. Come on down to Calgary mm-hmm. and uh, party with us or with everyone but me, I guess. <laughs> um, what else is coming up? So on March 31st, it is the Herland, Herland production workshop screening. Um, we've been talking about this many times on the podcast. You know all about it. Um, and the screening for these films uh, is happening on uh, March 31st at Theater Junction Grand. Um, did you already mention this this round? The the, the the other, the next? Yeah, I think it's a little bit confusing because yeah. they're kind of happening at the same for time. Sure, for sure. So, so the screening for the first round of Her, Herland films is happening but then also the intake the for the next second round, round for, right yeah exactly so um that uh, that intake is for uh, more medium to advanced yeah. filmmakers this is this was the first you know not first time filmmakers but new filmmakers um going through this project that was supported by telus and spring street films and csif and uh you should go check out the screening the the uh info is in the show notes and uh, tickets are free, but they recommend you reserve them through Theater Junction box right. office. And I think we mentioned already that uh, you have to just show up now. I think yeah. It's, I think it's yeah. So it's maybe standing room only kind of yeah. thing, which is wonderful to see such a demand. For, for sure. It. For sure. Um, NSI and TELUS have, are, are bringing uh, screen training workshops to BC and Alberta. This is an ongoing thing um, and it has been happening. Um the the workshops are entitled are titled uh, from concepts to camera developing your story for the screen um, emerging filmmakers and mid-career professionals are encouraged to attend to help develop their own projects and network with other filmmakers and content creators um, so it is ongoing but the next one is in red deer on april the second um, following that is april 3rd in edmonton Kelowna will be april 9th and prince george will be april 10th workshops are free of charge but registration is required um, to register email your name contact info and which session you would like to attend uh, to optic local at telus.com um, find out the links in the show notes but uh, definitely check that out because it's a wonderful and free opportunity so not to be missed so if you're in edmonton uh you're probably uh interested in uh, a workshop that's coming up called a higher perspective the ins and outs of filming with drones we mentioned it last week but uh you know the 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 tagline is you can't really just throw a drone up into the air and and record there are some rules um and uh, you need to be adhering to some of the guidelines there may be permitting involved depending on what you're doing so uh, find out all the information on using drones in your films uh, March 31st at 6 p.m. It's at FAVA, and it's $10 for FAVA, Ampia, and Doc Alberta members. Uh, the CSAF this weekend is having a cinematography workshop exploring how cinematographers use their artistry, craft, and technology to author images supporting the director's interpretation of the story. So it's dealing with things like composition, lens selection, depth of field, aspect ratio, camera height, and camera movement, and their collective effect on the story. Um, it also talks about how cinematographers uh, collaborate with uh, directors, production designers, art directors, um, camera operators, and other members of the production team to create the look uh, of a film. So this is, uh, 
I don't know how they're going to fit this all into one day, but it's bound to be uh, pretty mind blowing. And the instructor is a gentleman named Philip Letourneau, who is also uh, the the cinematography and technical instructor at Sate Polytechnic. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you've been trying to get into Sate or you want to apply to go to Sate or you've graduated from Sate and want to learn more about cinematography. Um, or if Sate has nothing to do with you and you don't give a shit about it, but you still want to learn about <laughs> cinematography, um, check out this workshop this Saturday. It's $65 for members, 105 for non-members, and that'll cover the cost of a membership right there. So get your membership. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, check it out at csif.org and uh, learn more about the camera. And like you say, if you're interested in, a, in, a, in attending Sate, getting some FaceTime with uh, an instructor like Phil is a great idea. It's a, it's a good uh uh, trick to use to get in um, set yourself apart a little bit the CSIF uh, editing film and video intro to Adobe Premiere is being instructed by Tavin Dak and it's happening on April 3rd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. it's 105 for members and 145 for non-members um, and it's just going to be a, a walk through the basics of post-production with Adobe Premiere Pro um, uh, and you're going to be getting involved with timelines and media management and, and titling and all that good stuff so it's uh if you're if you've been wondering how to to edit this is going to be a a great opportunity for you the link is in the show notes and another csif workshop damn there's a lot coming up um csif has recently acquired a new retro scan eight telecine transfer system for digitizing both standard eight millimeter and super eight millimeter films um so it's a workshop in uh how to transfer your film to uh digital format um, system is very simple to set up and operate, meaning almost anyone can make quality transfers with a minimum uh, of training. So this workshop is happening on April twenty or April sixth or May twenty fifth from six to nine p.m. Um, the instructor is Dan Crittenden, who's uh, just a just a treat, a wonderful dude, dude. yeah, really so, knowledgeable so, guy. Yeah, so um, definitely worth checking out uh, again. CSIF.org or find the link in the show notes. And if you're interested in getting into the DGC, we talk a lot about how you need your set etiquette and protocol. Well, another opportunity to attend one of these uh, wonderful workshops uh, is coming up on uh, April 9th um, at the IATSE building. Um, And the trainer is a fellow named Tyler Mandrusiak. Sorry if I... Uh, mispronounce that but uh, again um, this is also a mandatory workshop if you're looking to get into IATSE so um, it's something you definitely want to have under your belt um, when you're looking to get into the unions and you can find out more information uh, at the link in the show notes but the pricing is uh, basically $40 for everybody yeah um, once you've taken that, you can take your film production assistant workshop with Mount Royal uh, in Calgary. It's co-sponsored by the Directors Guild of Canada and the Alberta District Council. Um, and this is like tips and tricks on how to be the ideal production assistant. Matt, what is a production assistant? Oh, boy. Um, well, I mean, it varies uh, from production to production. There are a couple. There's there's a, a, an office PA or a locations PA. Um, but, you know, you're, you're really just... Uh, doing whatever needs to get done right. really you're you're, you're a, an extra set of hands when someone says i need a, a help with this and um it's usually the entry level position for uh, any show i remember when i got started my dad called it a gopher yes um because i know that's another <laughs> term for it and he said that i'd be picking up cigarette butts all day but no one really smokes cigarettes yeah. that much anymore especially <laughs> on set so uh not much of that happening but there is some some garbage work to be done yeah, and there's yeah. some traffic blocking for sure yeah i um, brought a i went i worked on a commercial one time uh, and i brought a <laughs> somebody recommended that i bring a uh lawn chair mm. and i was so glad i did because i was just out on kind of the corner of the set just making sure people didn't drive through and uh that's I, sometimes uh, all it is i was standing uh it was my first 
day on Heartland, I was a locations PA. Yeah. And I'd uh, just gotten out of school and I hadn't seen any Heartland. And I was told to stand on this road and make sure that nobody parks in this special parking lot up the way. So this van drives up and it's this this teenage girl in it. And it's this <laughs> kind of ratty looking van. And I stop her and I'm like, sorry, you can't park up there. And she goes, but I'm Amber Marshall. And I don't know who that person is. <laughs> so I get on my radio and I'm like, uh, there's some girl named Amber Marshall who's here to park. And they're like, yeah, let her up. So I was like, all right, you can go ahead up. And then uh, later I saw her on set acting in, you know, the lead part of the show. So you know, the star, the star of the show. So uh, I was like, oh. I'm uh, dumb. So that was my <laughs> that was my whoops locations PA moment. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, it is what it is. But if you're yeah. going to be on a show, maybe just watch an episode or two before. Certainly you know, helps. That's a Certainly tip. helps if you have that opportunity yeah. for sure. Uh, but these are these are great. I took this this particular yeah, workshop I never did. Um, before I even went to state. So this is a long time ago. But uh, it's a six hour class on a Saturday, April 9th. Oh, I guess it's the same day as the uh, as the other one um, as the film or oh. set etiquette well, one but anyway check it out anyway these opportunities do come up regularly so mountroyal.ca and uh, check out the link in our show notes uh, speaking of Mount Royal there's a, a, work, a workshop or a, a class called Fundamentals of Script Writing being taught by Daniel Lieb, uh, Leibman or Libman um, who has uh, with 50 plus professional productions across North America um and so there are eight classes. It starts on April 4th, runs until May 30th. And uh, it's all about writing for film, TV, or theater, and uh, especially the film format. So um, it's Monday nights, uh, 20 hours total, and it's $249 plus GST. Filmmakers in Grand Prairie take note. We've talked about this a few times, so we'll keep it brief. But East Link is hiring an associate producer. Um, and you can check out the link uh, in the show notes for that. Um, if you're in Grand Prairie or are considering moving to Grand Prairie, uh, this might be the job for you. Yeah. Um, send uh, you, can, you can apply on this link that we've got on the show notes or send uh, your resume and a video or YouTube link to hr at corp.eastlink.ca. Recommendations. What do you got this week for us, Matt? Uh, I uh, speaking of having Luke on on the the podcast, we you know I have never been out to the to the location where the studio is being built. It's it looks pretty much done, but I I got out there for the first time just this past week, and um, <clears throat> the new William F. White's building is is moving in, and they're uh, they've got they used to have like kind of a desk that you would go to for all the expendables for like tape and, and gloves and things like that, and now they have a little store. And I highly recommend just walking into the little store that they have because it's just all kinds of fun goodies and and like um, uh, who's the who's the guy who would like the what's the word the the guy who would make things out of any oh MacGyver MacGyver yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it's like all the MacGyver tools oh, nice. you, you could need it <laughs> and uh, and like every color tape you could possibly imagine so it's it's a it's just fun to see this new yeah, space. For sure. And say hello and, and get familiar with the location because hopefully we'll all be there a lot more frequently soon. Definitely. Uh, my recommendation actually sort of accidentally ties into what we were talking about earlier about being busy. Um, and it's a procrastination tip. Mm. Um, a lot about being busy is actually procrastinating, but feeling like you're busy because you're putting something off and then suddenly you're panicking and you don't have time for anything else. So you feel busy. Um, but I'm doing spring cleaning right now and I'm being friggin' ruthless. Um, but it's tough to get motivated to do that especially mm. when you've got other stuff on your plate so my recommendation is if you're putting something off just do it for 10 minutes just just say okay i gotta stand up or sit down or whatever it might be and just do this for 10 minutes whether it's writing or cleaning your house or washing your car or whatever it might be just just commit to 10 minutes and you will find that after 10 minutes 
you, you will feel like doing the rest of it. So, um, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's less of a mountain to climb. If yeah. you just get up and take the first step, I make a deal with myself when I do this, I don't do it enough, but, but it's like, all right, I will commit to 10 minutes. I look at the time and I, and I say, I, I can stop if I want to stop after 10 minutes, I, mm-hmm. I can. And, yeah. and honestly, usually when you give 10 minutes to something, yeah, you've, you've invested enough where you're like, let's just finish it. Let's just finish it. Yeah. So and it's, it's good for, for anything really, especially if there's something that you're putting off because mm-hmm. you're dreading doing it. Right. Just do 10 minutes of it and just carve a little piece out and then you can come back to it later yeah exactly um, you may know so that's it that's all uh special thanks to briar as always for basically making this podcast happen yeah always uh wonderful to just open up the google doc and see all our news ready to go it saves us a ton of time every week uh if you're an alberta filmmaker this podcast is for you and about you so um share with us and we'll share with the community we want everyone to be involved Mm -hmm. and as always if you have a correction or a suggestion for us let us know we are always open to uh to hearing um and and we want to make sure the rest of the audience knows as well if we've messed something up for sure so how can they reach us Matt? you want to reach us at uh hello at abfilmcast.ca and you can find us on twitter instagram facebook soundcloud all that stuff is abfilmcast and of course please subscribe and give us the those sweet five stars yeah and tell iTunes. your friends too we, yeah. we, that's something we haven't really pushed but uh, that's true yeah, yeah yeah share the podcast um with any filmmaker friends that you might have or people who are interested in getting in the industry it's it's becoming uh, an even more valuable resource as we go for people who are um, just starting or established. So yeah, uh, yeah share it with your friends and uh, let everyone know that this is out there. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for all for listening and go, go make, make something. something.